get the microphone back up here. And uh, take your Bibles and turn to the book of Matthew. As you're doing so, if you do not have one of our new Sunday school lessons, Sunday school, our lesson number 10, uh, if you'll get your hand up, one of the fellows can help get one to you. Uh, lesson 10, we're going to uh, close out this lesson today, a lesson on self-reliance. Of course, the lesson as we read about Peter following afar off and uh, denying the Lord. Lesson number 10. And as you're receiving your Sunday school lesson, make sure you have your Bible open to Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter 26 this morning. Rough looking crowd walking in the back door. I'm a little worried about them. All right, Matthew 26, follow along with me here, verses 31 to 35. When the Son of Man, oh, I'm sorry, it could help if I'm in the right chapter, wouldn't it? Uh, verse 31, then saith Jesus unto them, all ye shall be offended because of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. But after I am risen again, I will go before you into Galilee. Peter answered and said unto him, Though all men shall be offended of thee, yet will I never be offended. And Jesus saith unto him, Verily I say unto thee, That this night before the cock crow thou shalt deny me thrice. And Peter said unto him, Though I should die with thee, yet will I not deny thee. Likewise also said all the disciples skip down to chapter the same chapter, verse 56 to verse 58. But all this was done that the scriptures and the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples forsook him and fled. And they that had laid hold on Jesus led him away to Caiaphas, the high priest, where the scribes and the elders were assembled. But Peter followed him afar off unto the high priest's palace. And went in and sat with the servants to see the end. Skip down to verse 69. Now Peter sat without in the palace, and damsel came unto him, saying, Thou also wast with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied before them all, saying, I know not what thou sayest. And when he was going out into the porch, another maid saw him and said unto them that were there, This fellow was also with Jesus of Nazareth. And again he denied with an oath, I do not know the man. And after a while came unto him they that stood by and said to Peter, Surely thou also art one of them, for thy speech bereath thee. Then began he to curse and to swear, saying, I know not the man. And immediately the cock crew. And Peter remembered the word of Jesus. Peter, remember the word of Jesus, it says in verse 75, which said to him, Before me the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And he went out and wept bitterly. Let's pray together. Lord, as we conclude this lesson today, Lord, as we think about the education of a disciple, as we look at Peter's lessons and Peter's learnings, Lord, would you help us to glean from the education of this dear disciple? This one who would go on to not deny you, but go on to give his life. 
Lord, I pray you'd bless us this morning as we think about this thought of self-reliance. Lord, help us not to trust ourselves. Help us not to look to ourselves. But rather, help us to be reliant upon you, upon your power. And God, may we see that we need you every hour we need you. Lord, we need you right now. God, I need you now, Lord, to be able to teach and preach and write your word. Lord, I pray you'd help me. Lord, I pray you'd help all of us to receive your truth this morning. Lord, I pray your word would go forth. I pray that we would be encouraged. I pray that we'd be challenged. I pray that we would be changed. And Lord, I pray you'd be glorified. In your precious name we pray. Amen. We've spent a couple weeks here looking at this event. Most of you are familiar. Of course, a few weeks ago, we talked about Jesus taking the disciples as they would go after that supper that he would establish, a supper of remembrance, and they would go out into a garden to pray, and Jesus would have the disciples begin to pray, and he would take Peter and John. And he went a little further with them, and he came to a place, and he said to them, I want you to pray here. I'm going to go a little further. It says, as it were, stone's throw. And Jesus would go a bit further away, and he would pray, and he, by the way, was praying for you and praying for me. As he prayed, Father, not my will, but thine be done. And he went back and found <laughs> the two superheroes of the faith. I mean, the greatest disciples there were. There they were sleeping. And he said, can't you watch him pray? happened twice. Not long after that event, Peter may have just rubbed the sleep out of his eyes. Peter may have just been thinking, man, i got to find a cup of coffee. I'm tired. Uh, I'm sure he drank coffee because he was a Christian. And he may have said, man, I, I'm so tired. And all of a sudden, into the garden came the soldiers, led by Judas, as Judas would go and kiss the cheek of our lovely Lord. The soldiers would come to take him and Peter would pull out his sword and cut the ear of a man off. Jesus picked it up and put it back on, not the sword but the ear, and told Peter to put his sword away. And we know the rest of the story. Jesus would be taken. The disciples would flee. Peter would follow afar off. Peter would deny the Lord. Now, as we've been looking at this thought and this issue with Peter, we began by looking in verse 33, as the Bible says, But Peter answered and said unto him, This is Peter speaking back to Jesus. Though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet I will never be offended. Peter said, Lord, you know what you're talking about. I, I'll never be offended. Absolutely not. Not me. We see here, number one, in your notes, if you, if you weren't here for it, we see Peter's willing boastfulness. Peter said, hey, there's no way that I'll ever be offended. It's never going to happen. 
I, 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 I'm the best there is. I mean, Jesus, I'm the, I always follow you. I, I'm always with you. He'd already said, Lord, where would we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. Peter said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of God. Thou, you're the Messiah. Jesus, I'm with you all the way. I'm all the way to the end. I'm never turning back. And he lifted himself up. And he prided himself on his ability to follow Jesus Christ. Christian, can I tell you, if we are following Christ in our own self-reliance, we will fail. We will fail. There's no question about it. I remember driving uh, from Indiana to West Virginia to my mom and dad's house about 29 years ago. That's a long time ago. I'm getting old. Uh, maybe 28 or 20, 28, 29, 29, yeah, 28 years ago, something like that. And Buddy's car, the night we left, his alternator went out. Absolutely unworking, not working alternator. And we charged the battery with my car, and we started driving down the highway. Now, I knew what was going to happen. I knew eventually the battery would drain and the car would die. I knew it would happen. And we'd have to stop and hook the jumper cables up and let it set for a while on the side of the road for 20 minutes, charging his battery up, and then we'd drive a bit further. And I knew when we drove away that that car would not make it in one shot. I don't know how many times we stopped, Brother Ma, but I almost lost my mind by the time the night was over. Uh, it was a long night, 400 miles, uh, and it took us a long time. But there was no question at the beginning that that car it wouldn't make it by itself. It had been pretty silly for me to say to my friend that night, hey, I think you're good. You know, we charged your battery up. You got a, you got a full battery. You know, you're driving a Reliant K car. I mean, really, can you get a better vehicle than that? Uh, the cartoon picture of a car is what he was driving. And I said, yeah, you're good. Just take off. I'll, I'll see you tomorrow sometime. I'd have seen him tomorrow sometime after he called a tow truck. He wouldn't have made it. And Christian, can I tell you, you won't make it. Oh, man, my battery's charged for Jesus. No. Your battery's going to drain for Jesus. When we trust ourselves, when we are tapped into ourself and our pride and our boastfulness, we will fail. We see Peter's boastfulness here. He said, oh, I'm, I'm ready to go. I, I, I think I'm better than John. I, I, I'm better than all these other guys with you, Jesus. I'll never fail you. He said in Mark 14, verse 29, Peter said to him, although all shall be offended. He said, although all these guys, they'll probably get offended. You're right about them. But although they will be offended, I will never be offended. Letter A, he said he would stand with Christ. He said, hey, I'll stand with you. If nobody else will, Lord, I'll, I'll stand. I'll keep standing. He, his boastfulness said, I will not fall. He never said, by your help or by your grace or through your power. Rather, he said, I. I will stand for you. He planned on it. I believe he had good intentions. But he failed. Ephesians says, wherefore taking you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand. 
Stand, therefore, Ephesians says, having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness. That standing in the book of Ephesians is not talking about our power. It's talking about us standing with the armor of God, with the power of God, for the purpose of God. Peter divorced himself from God's power and from God's purpose and said, Hey, I can handle this. I got it. I, I will stand with you. Not only did he say he would stand, he went farther than that in Luke 22 and verse 33. He said he would die with Jesus. Letter B, he would die with Christ. He said there in Luke, the Bible records, Lord, I'm ready to go with thee, both into prison and to death. How many of you want to go to heaven? If you don't want to go there, you're in trouble. Uh, but how many would say you don't want to go on the next flight? <laughs> you don't want to take the next bus. Uh, Peter was saying, Lord, if the bus is right now, I'll get on it. I'll, I'll go to death tonight. That, that's how reliant Peter was upon himself. He said, Lord, there's no question about it. I'll go all the way. I'll go to prison with you. I'll die for you. But he was trusting himself. There are those who have died. By the way, Peter eventually would, would rank among those. Peter would wear the title martyr. But when Peter would face crucifixion and Peter would die for Christ, I don't believe for a second it was because Peter had become so strong that he could stand finally. I think it was because Peter was fine, finally learned that he could trust Christ. It was the power of Christ. It wasn't, wow, look at Peter. Look what Peter can do. Rather, it was, wow, look what God did through Peter. But we see Peter was boastful. He was boastful. I mentioned the song, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. I love that song. In that song, the words, prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the one I love. How sad it is that as believers so often our heart is prone to wander from God. You know where it often wanders to, Christian? It wanders to our own self. We begin to worship ourselves. We begin to trust ourselves. We begin to believe that we are somebody, that we have the power. Uh, that we are where it's at. But can I tell you that our dependence must be upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Number two, we saw here that Peter was boastful. Number two, we see Peter's wavering boldness. Peter's wavering boldness. Peter started out, I'll go all the way. I'm not going to stop. And that wavered a bit. Peter just a little bit as he pulled further and further and further back. As we look here in the Gospels, we see in verse 33 again in Matthew 26, Peter answered and said to him, Though all men shall be offended because of these, yet will I never be offended. He goes on and professes that he will never, 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 never leave. We see his boldness. We see it very plain. 
We see that Peter would continue to boast of his intentions to stand with Christ, his intentions, if need be, to die with Christ. Peter, there in the inner circle, Peter, as you look in the Gospels up to this point, always Peter was always part of that inner group, that close group, one of those that was closest to Jesus Christ. And, and Peter is bold in that, but we see his boldness waver. And can I tell you when his boldness wavered? The farther he got away from Christ. The farther he got away from the Lord, the less his boldness was there. When he was close to Christ, I'll die with you. I'll go all the way. But his relationship, the separation of relationship, weakened his boldness and his resolve because then he was trusting himself alone. We see Peter gradually got farther away. It started in the book of, we see recorded in the book of Mark as it records the same event. In Mark 14, verse 50, it says, And all, they all forsook him and fled. They all forsook him and fled. Letter A, as we think about his wavering boldness, we see his departure. His departure. The Bible is very plain. When they took Jesus, the disciples went the other way. Now, I don't know how far Peter went away. I don't know at what point Peter turned around. I know the Bible says that Peter followed afar off. But the Bible also records that they, he fled. They left. They, they, they ran away. They were out of here. At some point, as Peter is going with the other disciples, at some point he turned and he began to follow. But he followed from a distance. No longer was his relationship where it once was. It, it, it was, I'm going to keep, and I'm not, I'm not going to be a fanatic about it. I mean, I'm not going to be one of those fanatic Christians. I'm following Christ, but you know, I, I, I'm not going to go all the way. That's where Peter was. By the way, we call people fanatics. You know what you call people fanatics about? When somebody loves something more than you, you call them a fanatic. Uh, you go to a football game and you see the fans, the fanatics. Oh, man, they're just, they're fanatics. Uh, Christians, all, oh, they just, they're fanatics. Most of the time, Christian fanatics. I'm not, I'm not talking about craziness. I'm not talking about uh, weird things. I'm talking about being biblical Christians. I'm talking about following the Lord Jesus Christ. Most people that get labeled fanatics for Jesus are simply folks that love Jesus more than you do. They, they want to be closer to Jesus than you want to be. They, they, they want to be just right there with him. In the morning when I, get, when I get up, if I hang around the house for a little bit, my dog has to be pushed against me. <laughs> he has to come up. He puts his head down and pushes his head up against me and just will stand there. He just, he, he just wants to be close. Every time he does that, I think, man, I, I wonder if I'm that way with Jesus. I need to be close to him. I need to have that desire to have that closeness. But we see Peter had left the closeness. He departed. He departed. He forsook the Lord. He commanded those men. By the way, remember when Peter was called? 
What did he say? Did Jesus say, hey, Peter, I want you to be a great disciple and apostle? That's not what Jesus said when he met him. He didn't say, hey, Peter, I, I want you to come, and I want you to preach on Pentecost. Now, he wanted him to do that later, but that's not what Jesus said. The beginning of the relationship that Peter had with Christ started with the words, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. By the way, that command of Christ has never changed for Peter, and it'll never change for you. God wants us to follow him. And by the way, I don't believe he wants us to follow him in a distance. He wants us to follow him. And I believe as we follow him, we should be getting closer and closer and closer. But Peter departed. Why did his boastfulness wane? Why did his, his, his fervor of, I'll go all the way? Well, I'll go a little ways. Oh, maybe I'll, I'll watch while you go. Because he departed. Peter departed. Not only his departure, but we see his decision. Look at Matthew 26 there, verse 58. But Peter followed him afar off unto the high priest's palace and went in and sat with the servants to see the end. Can I tell you, Peter did a bunch of things wrong, just like you do, just like I do. But, but let's not crucify Peter today. Peter didn't do everything wrong. Peter's a lot like us. He messed up a lot of things, but he did a few things right. But a lot of times when Peter's right things, he didn't do them all the way. Peter followed Jesus. He departed at some point. The Bible doesn't record it. It doesn't say that he said, okay, guys, you keep going. I'm going to go see. We don't know what happened. We don't know exactly how it happened, but at some point he made a decision, I'm, I'm going to follow Jesus again. Can I encourage you not to discourage other believers that are following afar off? One of the problems we have in Christianity today is that we look around and go, well, that Eric guy, he, he's not following Jesus as close as I am. He must be a a wicked, dirty, rotten, whatever he is. I can't even say the word. Brother Maud, you have to say it. I'll write it down and I'll sign it. Uh, he must be horrible. Well, we hate that guy. He doesn't follow Jesus like we do. Why? Because we become modern-day Pharisees. So, oh, man, he, he's not as good as me. The Bible says comparing yourselves among yourselves together become unwise. Now, there was no one following Jesus closely, but I wonder... How many Christians from our culture today would have looked at Peter and said, you're a dirty reprobate. How dare you follow Jesus afar off? No, 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 no. He was following Jesus. I wonder maybe if one of the other disciples watched Peter and said, well, you're not doing it right. I mean, if you're not going to do it right, then just don't do it at all. See, that's the way we live today so often in our culture. But Peter was following but he was following afar off. It should have been an encouragement on the lines. Hey, Peter, keep going, Peter. Get a little closer. And man, may we encourage one another that way. But Peter followed. He made a decision to follow, but he followed afar off. And that decision led him to sitting with people and fellowshipping with people he shouldn't have been with. When you get far away from Jesus, you get closer to the world. 
Always happens. Peter's there sitting with those in the high priest palace that he had no business fellowshipping with. Why? Because he made a decision. When you make a decision to be farther from Jesus, you're making a decision to get closer to the world. And we see Peter got closer to the world there. Lot went with Abraham. Can you imagine getting to go on a trip with Abraham, with Abram? Imagine Abram came to you, you were alive, and Brother Mike, he said, hey, God talked to me. He said, he's got a place for me. Why don't you come with me? You better believe it, man. God's got a place, and he's leaving. I'm going with you. Lot did that. He followed Abraham as Abraham followed God. But there came a point when Lot looked and said, I want that. I want to go there. Christian, be careful of your decision to veer off course or to follow a little farther away because it always leads the wrong place. But we see Peter made that decision, that decision to get farther away. And then it culminates in verse 69. As we see the last part of the passage there, before we go on to the last point this morning. It says in verse 69, Now Peter sat without the palace, and a damsel came unto him, saying, Thou also wast with Jesus of Galilee. In other words, she said, Hey, you're with Jesus. Aren't you one of those followers, one of those people of the way, as they were called then? Today we'd say, hey, you're a Christian, right? You believe in Jesus, right? Verse 70, but he denied before them all, saying, I don't know what you're talking about. Hold on, I'll go all the way. I'll die with you. One question by a little woman. I know what you're talking about. That quick. That quick was the denial. Why? Because Peter was trusting his flesh and not trusting God. That quick. We see the denial. It goes on. He denied, of course, three times. He denied the Lord. But again, lest we crucify Peter, one wonderful thing I think of when I read this passage is that when they saw Peter, there was something about Peter, the way he talked, maybe the way he was dressed. Maybe they'd seen him with Jesus but they recognized he was a man that had been with Jesus Christian I wonder if the world recognizes that you and I have ever been with Jesus I wonder if tomorrow at work at lunch if you looked across the lunch table maybe you went out for lunch and maybe one of the guys you work with or ladies in the office and and you looked across the table and said hey not sure if I've ever told you, but I'm a Christian. I wonder how many of those discussions would end with the person across the table going, Really? Peter was recognized as being someone who was with Jesus. But he denied the Lord. We see his denial. Number three in our lesson for this morning. 
We saw his waning boastfulness. Number three, we see Peter's weeping bitterness. Peter's weeping bitterness. We turn to verse 75 in our text. And Peter remembered the word of Jesus. When said unto him before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And he went out and wept bitterly. Can I tell you, like Peter, we stumble. We fall. We fail the Lord many times. He never fails us, but we fail him. The Bible states in Proverbs chapter 24, For a just man falleth seven times, and riseth up again. What is imperative for a Christian to realize this morning Believers, can I tell you the most important thing we can grasp and get a hold of in this thought is that when we fall, we can get up again. We can get up again. Christ will help us get up again. And God, I love this, God is still able to use us. That same man that said, blankety blank, blank, I don't blank and know the blanking man. Brother Ahmad can fill those blanks in for you later. Uh, outside the building. And a cock crowed. Immediately he remembered. That man that would begin to weep and run out and go and find a place alone and weep bitterly. Can I tell you, it was the same man that would stand in Acts chapter 2 and say, men and brethren, this same Jesus that you crucified is the Christ. And thousands will be saved. The same man that would say with John to that man that was lame, silver and gold have I none, but what I have give I unto thee. Same man. Same man that would preach and be used of God mightily until finally as an old man he would give his life. Why? Because God used him again. But we see Peter went out. He wept bitterly. But let's not forget that God doesn't throw us away. I've gotten weary in my generation. I've gotten weary looking around in Christianity and seeing the throwaway mindset of our world. And all, you know, that, that, that person's not what I think they ought to be. Let's get rid of them and let's find somebody else. How many of you like to fish? Any fishermen here? Uh, or fisherwomen? Uh, fisher people, let me be specific. Uh, I'll be like Justin Trudeau. No, that's the only way I'd be like him. I can't believe I said that. My mouth feels dirty. Uh, but I, when you go fishing in the province of Alberta, there's fishing regulations. And, you know, some fish, you can keep whatever you want. Uh, some, some fish, any size, so many fish. But most of the fish in our province, they have to be, a, if you can keep them, they've got to be a certain size. And you've got to get them and you measure them. And I don't know how many times I've measured a fish and went, Duh! if I could just stretch that fish just, just a little bit, and I've got to throw it back. 
too often in our culture today, we look at other people and say, you know what? They, they don't measure up. That guy there, he's just thrown back. We have a throwaway mentality. I'm sure glad our God doesn't. I'm sure glad our God didn't say to Peter when he went out, I'm done with you. You're dead to me, Peter. I want nothing to do with you. I'm sure glad that didn't happen. I'm sure glad God used him again. By the way, I'm sure glad that God used a prophet Jonah who said, God, I'm not going where you want me to go. I'm going to defy you. I'm going to go the opposite way. And by the way, he kept a bad attitude about it the whole time. But the greatest revival ever preached was preached by the preacher who said, I don't even want to go where I'm supposed to go. Peter was used, but Peter denied. He wept bitterly. As I mentioned, just a couple of illustrations. Abraham doubted God. Fathered a child with Hagar. By the way, the repercussions of that decision we feel today. But God didn't throw Abraham away. God still gave him the promised son. Moses got fed up with what was going on and stopped waiting on God and murdered an Egyptian. Get this, God used a murderer. When Moses stretched forth the rod of God, because once Moses gave that rod to God, it was not Moses' anymore. When he stretched forth the rod of God over the Red Sea and God part of the Red Sea, it was a murderer holding that rod. But God used him. David, the great psalmist, the great warrior king of Israel. David, the man after God's own heart. As David would sit on the throne. As David would lead the nation of Israel. As David would hold his son who would later become king. It was the same David who violated Bathsheba. The same David who would murder her, her husband. And God would use him yet again. Gomer, not Gomer Pyle, uh, but Gomer in the book of Haggai or Hosea, the wife of the prophet, would leave him. Preacher's wife. She went off into prostitutions, went off into wickedness and vile perversion to the point where her life was broken, to the point where she had become a slave to sin and literally had become a slave owned by someone else. No longer was she her own. Her husband would see her. The prophet would walk and see his wife who had left him. His wife who had gone to whoring. His wife who now was a slave and he would buy her back. And she would be his again. Beautiful picture of the love of our God always willing to receive us back. Always willing to use us again. Jonah, as I mentioned, fled from God, yet God used him. Letter A, and I've got to hasten this morning as we think about Peter's weeping bitterness. We see his, number one, his remembrance. 
his remembrance. Verse 75, it says, and Peter remembered the word of Jesus. Mark tells us the second time the cock crow when Peter called to mind the word that Jesus said to him before the cock crow twice, thou shalt deny me thrice. Luke twenty two sixty one. 61, the Lord turned. In the book of Luke, we have a picture from a different angle given to us of what happened. Powerful picture here. And the Lord turned and looked upon Peter. And Peter remembered the word of the Lord. How we had said unto him before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. I don't know if this is how it went, but this is what I imagine as I read the book of Luke. I imagine Jesus a ways away going through that mockery of a trial at the high priest's hand of Caiaphas. I imagine Peter cursing and swearing and denying the Lord. And I imagine as soon as the words came out of his mouth, I imagine Jesus locking eyes with Peter as if to say, I heard what you said. And Peter would leave and weep bitterly. Why? Because he remembered. By the way, it wasn't a long time ago, maybe an hour. Maybe it was 30 minutes. Maybe it was two hours. It was a short period of time. When Jesus has said, you'll deny me, you'll flee from me. No, I won't, Lord. They'll all be offended. I won't. Peter remembered. He remembered. A bitter remembrance. But can I tell you, it's a wonderful thing when we remember the words of the Lord. Although sometimes it is a painful thing. Sometimes it's a painful thing. The Word of God gives light. It gives understanding. It often sheds a different and brighter light on our lives, sometimes when we're in a dark place, as Peter was. Perhaps you remember something somebody said to you when you were young that you've always remembered. It's always made a difference in your life. The Word of God should always make a difference. When we remember the Word of God, it always makes a difference. Psalm 119, the Bible says, Through thy precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Christian, we are indwelt by the Holy Spirit of God. And he leads us and guides us in all truth. He brings to our mind the remembrance, the remembrance of his word. But the comforter, the Bible tells us in John, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I've said to you. It's a wise Christian. It is a wise Christian who asks God, asks the Lord to bring to their remembrance his truth, to bring to our remembrance that which we need to see, the scripture that we need. Psalm 1, the beginning of the book of Psalms, says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, 
nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree, planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth his fruit in his season, his leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Joshua speaks about the word of God. Joshua 1.8, Isaiah chapter 55 uh, speaks about the rain cometh down, the snow coming from heaven, speaking about the word of God. We see his remembrance here in Matthew 26, letter B, not only his remembrance, but his remorse. His remorse. It tells us there in verse 75, And Peter remembered the word of the Lord, which Jesus said to him, Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And he went out and wept bitterly. Matthew records he went out. Now, he went out from the companions that he was with over here that had drawn him in to denying the Lord. We see a transition taking place here. We see the remorse of understanding who he's with and what he's done and why he's done, what he's done, where he is with who he's with. And the Bible says that he went out. He separated himself. Matthew 6 reminds us no man can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or else hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God or mammon. How many have ever crossed a, a barbed wire fence before? How many of you have no idea what a bar, barbed wire is? Anybody not know what barbed wire is? A barbed wire, it's a wire used in... Uh, the part of the world I'm from, out here as well, it's a metal strand wire that goes post to post, and every little ways there's little barbs that stick up. It's to make it so it's uncomfortable for an animal to try to climb the fence. Can I tell you, it makes it uncomfortable for fat guys like me to climb the fence too. When you cross a barbed wire fence, normally you, maybe you try to st- push the wire down and step over the fence and then come across the fence. But there's a problem if you stand over the barbed wire fence. If if you try to walk, Brother Maud, with a barbed wire fence between your legs, it's not going to go well. Uh, You're going to get caught. You're not going to go anywhere. Uh, It's not possible. If you straddle the fence, there's going to be a problem. You, you have to be on one side or the other. And the Bible tells us here that a man can't serve two masters. I can't straddle the fence of serving God and loving the world. I, I can't walk down the middle and try to do both. I will fail. Peter realized, hey, I'm straddling the fence here. I've got to get back. I've got to get away. We see his remorse. <clears throat> I want to share an illustration with you this morning quickly. We won't turn there to read it, but for a very strong reminder of remorse, a strong picture of that in the Scripture, we could turn to Psalm 51. A psalm of David. A psalm that David would pen after Nathan the prophet would come and say to David, the shepherd king of Israel, David, what, what should happen to a man if, If he has a hundred sheep and 
his neighbor has one sheep. And the guy that has a hundred sheep goes over and takes that one sheep from the man that has one sheep. And David, growing up watching sheep and loving sheep, got angry. He said, man, that man's going to pay. That's not right. He ought not do that. That's a horrible thing. And the prophet pointed his finger in the face of David and said, thou art the man. David, you've taken Bathsheba. God saw what you did. You're the man. And with a contrite spirit and a broken heart, God would give David the words to Psalm 51. Lord, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. As David would say, Lord, against thee and thee only have I sinned. We have the broken heart of the shepherd king of Israel laid out bare in Psalm 51. We see his remorse. The only thing David said to Nathan that's recorded in Scripture, his response to the prophet I've sinned against the Lord. I've sinned against the Lord. We see his remorse. It's wonderful to see, by the way, that Peter came to full realization of his sin. The Bible says in the book of Psalm, the Lord is nigh to them that are of broken heart. And save us such as be of a contrite spirit. In Psalm 51, I want to read you one verse from that psalm. Verse 7, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. Oh God, thou wilt not despise Peter wasn't prepared for what fear, the fear of man, would do to him. Peter was trusting himself when he should have trusted Christ. He failed then, by the way, just as we do. But Peter came to understand the brokenness. We see the remorse of Peter. He made a declaration of his loyalty to the Lord. And can I tell you, when you declare your faithfulness to God, when you declare as we ought to declare to a world that we love God, that we want to serve God, the devil's listening. And it won't be long until you'll have a chance. A chance to find out, are you, is it all talk? Or are you willing to do what you say you're going to do? Christian, it's not a matter of us not being willing to commit. It should be a matter of us committing like Peter did and saying, God, by your grace and by your help, I will not fail. I'm going to trust you, Lord. And when we do fail, and we will, to realize that we can run to him. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins. He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, even swearing and denying the faith. Amen? Praise the Lord for that. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for your purpose for us. Lord, help us to trust you. Lord, I pray you bless us in the service to come. Be with those traveling yet to be with us. God, may you be glorified. In your precious name we pray. Amen.